Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here it is, a Friday, October 22nd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. It is a rare since the season started, a non-day after game or day of game edition of Flyers Daily. A couple of days off here before the Flyers wrap up a four-game homestand that starts the season. We'll see the Florida Panthers coming up on Saturday night. One of the teams that a lot of people are picking to be the, the, the next team to ascend to that role of being a cup team. We shall see if the Panthers are that team. See if it's Spencer Knight or Sergei Bobrovsky between the pipes. But we do know there's a lot of talent on that Florida team. And we'll see that on display at the Wells Fargo Center coming up tomorrow night. But in this episode, we bring them in right now. We haven't talked in a while. A lot to talk about, about the first three games of the season. A second line with Derek Broussard, Joel Farabee, and Cam Atkinson that is on fire. And much more from NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer. A little more data in the bank, uh, a little more eyes on, and some pretty damn good results, Bill. Oh, certainly. You know, to uh, I mean, you look at the you look at the bottom line here being two zero and one with the the last game of the homestand coming up. I mean, you know, just just in terms of the outcomes, you know, that that's great. And then also, if you look at the you know the process, at least the uh, at least the last two games, because the first game, you know, kind of kind of was not a great game after the first period for the Flyers, other than the late comeback. But you know, they they've done a lot of a lot of good things that they've they've uh, at least in the last two games, they played from ahead all game. So it's, uh, you know, gotten the goaltending they won. I mean, we'll just, we'll just break it all down. But, I mean, it's been a very successful home stand so far. Yeah, the first game against Vancouver, they looked a little bit like a team that didn't play in a week. And, yeah. you know, it's a hard league to, to not play for a week and expect to be sharp, especially to begin a season. And you go, well, we'll relish the practice time. And we didn't get that last year. But, you know, the fact is, is you got to play games in this league too. But, Bill, you, know, you just mentioned I think it's really important. You know, from a micro look, it looks in the last two games in particular, it looks really good. And from a macro look, it looks really good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, the pace they've been playing at, they, they've been able to, they've been able, you know, for a team that sometimes gets called slow. I mean, we always say that the puck moves faster than anyone can skate. I, I think that the the last couple games have shown that, that the uh, Flyers have really moved the puck up ice well. They, they've, uh, you know, the first game they, they started out the game really strong in the forecheck, but I mean they they kept that up the last couple of games. And when they and when they created turnovers, they were very opportunistic in, in turning them into goals. Yeah, that, that's a team that you know it takes those opportunities and converts them. And you look at Boston on the other hand for that last game, and they had a lot of opportunity, but they either couldn't get inside or they couldn't finish when they did. And, and that's another element of it. Bill, let's talk about that speed element. Because I saw, as I'm watching the Boston game, I saw a lot of people tweeting. You know, these are hockey people that, are, that I'm reading, too. JVR looks a step faster. And to yeah. me, I, I go, I don't know if he looks a step faster, but the whole team is playing faster. So I yeah. think by proxy, the play is significantly faster. And, and to me, a lot of it's really happening in denying entries in their defensive zone and yeah. getting in transition really quickly. That, that that's for sure, and I mean, I I, I think that two guys uh, have made a, a big impact in that area, Ryan Ellis, yeah, and, and Yandel, uh, totally and Yandel, Yandel's made a couple of just gorgeous outlet passes, hitting guys in stride. And when you can when you get a little speed through the neutral zone, 
that's when you know that's when you look like a fast team. That's really that's really you know where, where a lot of speed is predicated on. And uh, you know the uh, I mean I, I think that that that's something that uh, you know that's something we could look forward to all season because I think that that's a particular area where the Flyers are to me definitely better than they were a year ago. And I think that also, you know, there are things that they have to clean up. There were times that they, you know, times that they, the passing was errant or whatever, which is going to happen over the course of a game. But, you know, there are little stretches, I think even against Boston, where you don't, you know, you can't need two and three opportunities to break out. But, but I think, I think on the whole that the, that the getting the transition game cranked up and, uh, Pouncing on turnovers in the neutral zone. I mean, yeah. that, that's an area where, you know, where the, the, where the Flyers, particularly particularly last game against Boston, you know, they're only, they only have to work with 100 feet of ice, you know, because they're turning the puck over from the blue line or, or from the blue line out to the red line. And that's, you know, that's when you, that's when you score. When you have to go 200 feet all the time and, you know, you have to dump the puck in and, and not, dump, not chip it in with speed getting in the forecheck, but just, Get it in, get it in deep, and try to you know try to reload. Um, you know that's uh, you know that can work defensively, but you're not gonna you're not gonna score a lot that way. Now the other thing I will say though before we move on is that it is early in the season, and league wide scoring tends to be up early in seasons before you know before it kind of settles in. Yeah, I mean, look, they did the exact opposite of that last year didn't get pucks deep, gave the opposition half the sheet of ice to get them in transition. And it stresses you so much. Plus they didn't have a a defender, a defenseman on this line in this lineup last year at any point that was nearly the depth of passer that uh, Yandel or Ellis is those two guys. They force you by their, you know, Ellis is a guy that's a three zone defender, really good in all zones. Yandel's more of an offensive guy and he does give up some in the D zone, uh, but that transition game and, and the power play with which Yandel brings, but both guys are deft passers. Yeah, and that that's such a that's such an underrated element. It was something that the the Flyers significantly lacked a year ago. And and even you know, you go back to that playoff series with the Islanders before mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the Flyers really lacked that in that series. They had so much trouble getting up ice and getting up ice with pace. And and you're you're seeing that. I mean, if that becomes a consistent characteristic of the team. Then uh, I, I think they're really in good shape in that way. Uh, let's talk about the second line. And I talked to Travis Konechny after the game because I don't know if you call it the second line or whatever you call it. They're outperforming us right now. <laughs> so the t- which is the pseudo top line of Couturier, Giroux, and Konechny. But uh, the line and and the fact that you know one of our big question marks coming into this season even before Hayes' injury and surgeries was going to be Kevin Hayes, right, as the 2C. And then it's, okay, shoot, Kevin has two core surgeries, is out. Now the the spot is primed for Morgan Frost to take, and Chuck Fletcher feels like he's not ready, so he sends him down. Now you're going, okay, we have Lawton, we have Giroux that we can move to the middle, we have Derek Broussard. At this point in his career, can he handle that? And again, to your point, it is a small sample size, and it's early. But the way that that second line and the chemistry between Derek Broussard, Joel Farabee, and Cam Atkinson has developed, uh, boy, you couldn't have asked for anything more than that. Oh, uh, certainly not. And watch, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, so far, and you know, we'll see if Broussard in particular can can keep this up over the 
course of a season or whether there's a level off when he's tended to be you know offensive a little streaky over the course of his career and you know you take you take the bigger sample size but he is making some tremendous plays yeah uh you know and he has he has great chemistry with with his line mates you know just putting the puck to an area and uh you know they're it, the guys are open for him so it's been uh it's, it's been it's been great to see but he's been he's been really a catalyst on that line yeah and, and then you have the two guys in a guy that has scored 40 plus goals in a season in this league in Cam Atkinson and Joel Farabee. I said this to Brian Smith on the post game show after the Bruins game. I said, they're like a, a swarm of bees around a honeycomb. Cause they, they just sure go to the yeah. blue paint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but you know, this, like we talk about it all the time, you know, scoring in the NHL scoring in hockey is no, it's no great science. It's get to the net and get the pucks there, and those both those guys both do. Plus, they're both really good shooters. Yeah, and that's uh, you know as he's developed, you know Farabee's evolving more of a shooter's mentality, and Atkins has always had one. Yeah, um, you know the the play where he scored um, the the well actually Farabee started you know collected a turnover uh, in the neutral zone, came in, made a beautiful cross ice feed. To, to Atkinson, but Atkinson was getting knocked to the ice. Yeah, you know, and he still finished the playoff. It's been a while since the Flyers have had that. Just the guy with with a the hands and b the you know determination and focus to be able to turn that kind of play into a goal instead of it you know bounces away to the wall and he slides off into the boards. Yeah, it, it's amazing, and and Cam does everything with so much energy. And one of the things you know maybe I didn't realize or appreciate as much you know, seeing him a little bit from afar. And I watched him a good amount in Columbus, but um, was the way he plays the game with that energy and intensity, he's also got a really good stick. He, he breaks up a yeah. lot of plays with his stick. And that's a great yeah. element to have. That's why he's a good penalty killer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and uh, saw that even the opener, right? He, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 Thompson didn't finish it. And he's not the guy you necessarily want going in on a breakaway, although he, he made the right play. But it was really started with Atkinson's defensive stick. He gets the stick in the lane very quickly. He reads what's going on, and then you know, and then he can he can start uh, start plays and transition. So that's uh, you know that's been a, a really nice element added to the team. You, know, you talked about how, how JVR. Some people said JVR looks faster. I mean, that line has a, they've had a few chances. But they, that line hasn't really got cranking yet, and they're going to need that. I mean, there's going to there's going to come a point where the Broussard line is going to cool off a little bit. And you know you'll need another line to step up, and of course the uh, the top line is uh, you know they they have their their points too. I, I think the balance scoring has been nice, but I mean that's that's really an element you see in successful teams. Yeah, it seems to be a different hero, a different line every night. Yeah, I think that makes you a more difficult team to beat come playoff time. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but uh, let, let's talk about the Travis Konechny because you know my feeling on TK. You know, I you know the most important players coming into a season are your goaltenders, your top pairing defenders. You know, a guy like Sean Couturier, of course. But I thought the biggest variable from his A game to when he's not playing his A game, it, the difference is 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 quite large. And TK is a guy that when he's playing really well, well, he's such a dynamic player. And when he's not, it's it's really not just a step off; it's a couple of steps off, seemingly. And I think we saw that last year. But he came in in great shape. He seems, and I asked him about it, like he seems like he's in a great place mentally, just with hockey and on and off the ice. Yeah. And he just looks like he's a different player. And I, I think he was so important to get off to a good start and not just 
play well, but have the statistics to go with it, the reward, the the shiny thing you show for your effort. And he's got that already as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a huge thing for him to score in the opener. Mm-hmm. You know, in the end, preseason is just preseason. But he was buzzing around in several of his preseason games. That's weren't going for him. But to, to get that first goal out of the way in the opener, in a big situation for him, and then that's, it's just like a big weight off of his shoulders. And he can just play the game. Yeah. You know, and, and he's been, uh, you know, he's been that high energy, you know, pain in the neck, chirping guy that that he needs to be to be effective. And he's getting to the scoring areas that, that uh, any any offensive player has to do. Yeah, they seem to be attacking in the middle of the ice a little more. Like he takes that one shot. I guess it was against Seattle, against Grubauer, and then he follows his own rebound after the pad save and buries it. And then you see the goal against the Bruins. Again, it's it's a shot right from the middle of the ice, yeah, high center slot on a rush. Is that something that you're noticing as well? Where they seem to be attacking the middle of the ice a little bit more instead of entering wide and attacking from the outside in. Yeah, that that's been a big piece of it, and also you know another key to that particular goal you're you're talking about was. Couturier still going at the net. Yeah. So we he create a little screen for uh, you know to give by connecting a chance to actually get rid of the puck and, and you get you know you take that defenseman to the net with you that creates creates room, you know and when you can when you can do that uh, in transition or whatever but uh, you know those those plays over the middle you know and I mean the middle isn't always there so sometimes sometimes you just take what the defense gives you yeah. but you know but I I think that. Uh, I think doing that, you know, when you have when you have the ability to attack the net like that, significantly increases the chance of a goal. And maybe, you know, maybe even with a screen, probably maybe that's one that uh, you know a goalie would want back. Maybe, but I, I think that you know, I, I think you make your own luck to a large degree. And the Flyers, the Flyers have done that. They've had a little bad luck in their own pucks bouncing in off of you know their own guys. I mean, Carter Hart had a little bad luck in his first start, but I, I think I really do think that those. A lot of that, a lot of that is self-created. I think that when you uh, really are putting pressure on, on the other team and attacking the net, that's when that's when you find you're getting breaks. Yeah, I, and those things balance out in the season. Yeah. But if you're a good team, you seem like you get more than it, than you, if yeah. you're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, the goaltending battle on uh, in that Boston game was fascinating because it's Jeremy Swayman. It's not Tuka Rask, thank God. Uh, Flyers have been having you know nightmare visions of him for years, but it's Jeremy Swayman against Martin Jones who makes his first start as a Flyer. Flyers got shot significantly in the game, Bill, yeah. but all Martin Jones did was made 37 saves on 40 shots um, and did what he had to do. I thought he made some really good saves and some tough saves, uh, but a lot of it was you know he did his job. He, he made the saves he's supposed to make, and he made a couple he wasn't supposed to, and that adds up to a good performance. And for a guy that you know, it was 12 days between starts, basically, from that last preseason game to last night. That's a real quality start, I thought, and a good start to his career as a Philadelphia Flyer for Martin Jones. A hundred percent. I think that, uh, you know, if you, to me, if you had to break down, why did the game turn out the way that it did? Number number one factor is that so often is his goaltending. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jones outplayed Swayman by a large margin. Yeah. And that, that, that was a big factor on Wednesday night. Um you know, and Swayman is a goalie who he's a young goalie, but he's given the Flyers problems in his young career. I mean, the Flyers didn't have really any issues with him. So the Flyers absolutely won the goaltending battle. And actually, other than probably the, you say, the second period of the opener, like 
both things been strong for the Flyers, actually, in all three games so far. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's definitely a big piece of it. And I'd say the other piece, Jason, is that uh, the Flyers only took one penalty in that game and they killed that that's one. Exactly off. where I was going. It's, yeah. it's been my key to the game in every game because the PK looked, you know, shaky at best. And we saw last year. I mean, last year a third of the goals basically that Boston scored against the Flyers were on the power play. Yeah. And, they're a team with that top line that is so potent. You need to stay out of the box. And, and, but even when the PK, I mean, it was against Seattle. So I don't know how much you take out of that. You can only go by what the, the opponent you play, but I mean, they looked good on the PK in that game as well. They did. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, you, get, as you look at it over a bigger, over a big, bigger sample size, but the uh, first, the way to start with it is, you know, you don't put yourself in the box in the first place. So that, yeah. uh, that, that was, that was important in that area, the discipline side. You know, it's interesting too. Like Martin Jones is a guy we've talked about it five last five years, no goalies played more than him. And now he's not only transitioning from West coast team to East coast, but he's transferring from a six year starting career in San Jose to being the essentially the backup, right? Yeah. And the workload and the mindset and how you tackle the day-to-day in the full 82-game schedule is so different for a guy that's going to play every, say, 6 to 10 days or 6 right. to 14 days as opposed to a guy who's going to play, you know, three, four out of every six games, you know? Yeah, and, and even if you look at it, you know, with – Jones having started one of the three games. If, if Carter Hart starts two out of every three, that's 55 starts. Yep. So that that really is about, you know, going into it, I thought, okay, well, you have off days between every game. Boston is a team that gave Hart problems a year ago. Do you want to just put that out of his mind and the, the team's playing well? And, I mean, I mean, maybe Hart would have done the same thing that uh, you know, Jones did. But, uh, you know, but I, I, I think, look at it in hindsight now, and I can, I can totally understand why A.V. made the call that he did even mm-hmm. with the days off between games. And, uh, you know, Jones stepped up for him. And that's that's going to be critical during the season because it's going to be enough games for Jones to start where you're going to need him to do well in, in most of them. So you, you couldn't have asked for a better first start. From him. Yeah, I think the savvy element from AV here is already recognizing that it'll be 12 days between starts yeah. for him. And you don't want to go much more than that. And it was really important, I think, for, as he transitions into this role and with a new team and as you're trying to rebuild his game, for his first game to go well. And, yeah. you know, you look at the two opponents and Florida may be the more potent offensive opponent. Uh, and that's who we'll see coming up tomorrow uh, between the Flyers and the Panthers. I mean, you couldn't wait all the way until the first road game to, to put them into a game. I mean, if you would have waited, that would have been 18 or 19 days, I believe, between right. games. Right. And in the first game, you put them as your first road game, different time zone against McDavid and Dreisaitl. I said this on yeah. the air. I said, right. as a card-carrying goalie union member, we would have to file a grievance with that. Right, right. Can't do that to a guy. Yeah, that, that, that's true. That's true. You need, you need, he needs work. He needs to stay sharp. You can only get so much in practice. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Rasmus Ristolainen, um, because he got his first game. Uh, I, I thought he made some plays, and his physicality paid off, and really paid off in a way with a goal because the Flyers went on the power play, the Charlie Coyle penalty. Yeah. Uh, he had a bad change. I thought he had elements there where he he didn't look great. Um, he didn't look sharp, but it is also his first game. I don't think he played in that last preseason game, so it's been a while since he's played a game. Um, but I thought there were some elements there that looked good, and even though uh, he was on the ice, uh, that pairing with Travis Sanham was on the ice for two of the three goals, 
uh, I thought it was a, a logical step forward. Yeah, it was a, it was a decent enough first outing for him. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, the, the Flyers in general. I mean, the you know, if, if you look at if you look at the game from just an analytics standpoint, team analytics, the Flyers were upside down in that much of the game. So it wasn't you know if you. It just wasn't an analytics kind of a game, though, just because the Flyers were oppor- much more opportunistic, and that, that's a big piece of it. If, you're, if yep. you're being opportunistic and you're staying out of the box and you're getting the goaltending, you know, you're going to win more often than you lose. So, you know, that's really that's really how that game worked out, and the Flyers did step up in the third period. Um, I, I thought the wrist line, and you mentioned the Coil penalty. I mean, he was being very physical with Coil in that shift, mm-hmm. and he boxed him out in front of the net. He gave him some shoves, he, you know, in his face. And he got he got under his skin, and uh, seconds later, Coyle takes a, a bad penalty behind behind the Flyers' net, you know. And the Flyers ended up turning that into a goal. That was that was a, a positive element that he contributed in that game. And, and we'll, you know, we'll see. It's always you know you, you never you never jump to conclusions based on one game or a small sample size. I thought he looked good in the preseason before the injury. I thought that he was showing some signs of chemistry with. Uh, Travis Sanheim, and there were some ups and downs within the game. And, and one of the things that, uh, you know, players don't have the luxury to do, I know on social media you can you can pick apart a shift, particularly particularly if there's a mistake in there, and then most especially if it ends up in your net. If you're a player, you just have to keep playing. Yeah. And you look at, you look at the balance of the shifts. If a guy gets 25 shifts in the game and one is a bad one and it ends up in the net, you know, the, the other ones are, are – Decent to good, you know. A coach will be happy with that, and a player will be really, you know, reasonably satisfied with that as well. So I think for for a first game, you know, he was fine. Yeah, and and he's going to bring an element. Look, and we know that the analytics community is is going to be particularly harsh on him. They didn't like the move, and we know that the the eye test community and then everyone else kind of falls in between. So yeah. um, I don't think we're ever going to agree on him. He's going to carry a target because of the analytics to that community. So that's just part of the equation. Um, they're back at it tomorrow, Bill, taking on the Florida Panthers. They've looked good here in the early season. Anybody in the division really popping out at you? Um, Pittsburgh dealing, obviously, with these injuries, but yeah. have overcome it to this point. But uh, Carter and Jari now in COVID protocol, although both are vaccinated and asymptomatic. Um, anybody really popping out to you here in the in the Metro? I, I think that, I mean, I, I the Islanders, they they did just they did just pick up a win, but the Islanders to me, I was expecting a little quicker start from them. Me too. Yeah, the Islanders, you know, not played to their capabilities yet. They will. Yeah, I mean, they've they been will. a third period against Chicago yeah. and just ran them off the sheet, but exactly. Chicago yeah. looks horrific. Yes, they, yes, they do. And uh, you know, you, you can kind of say the same. You know, people said some of the same thing about Seattle, right? So it's uh, you know, hey, you have to think. You can only play the team that's in front of you and the game that's in front of you. So they. They took care of their business in the third period. They looked really good in doing so. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think anybody's just really just zoomed out of the gates. I still don't think long term Pittsburgh can keep up what they're doing. I, I I say that every year though, but you know, I, I still I still think Pittsburgh. You know, they they've been more than the sum of the parts, and you can do that for a while. I don't think I don't think you can continue that for a whole year. Um, but I mean, you know. I, I, I expected Florida to be right there as a contender. Yeah. In, you know, in the because you have now you have to think whole conference too. You can't just you can't just think your yeah. division. Totally. And uh, you look at their goal differential so far, how well they've defended, how well they've how, how good they've been in transition. You know, they 
they are relentless and they're fast too. So the, the Flyers, you know, even though Boston, I guess, has, it's the more marquee name and they're still a very good team, Florida might even be a tougher test than the Bruins. So the Flyers will have their hands full. Yeah, I think they're a more dynamic team. Florida yeah. is. I mean, but but again, sample size matters. Florida's 3-0. They're at the top of the Atlantic Division, and the Buffalo Sabres are tied with them. Right. Well, that tells you something, too, right? So yeah, let's, uh, let, let's uh, you know, add that caveat of what, it actually is, and we'll, we shall see. All right, Bill, this was a lot of fun. As always, uh, Flyers back in action tomorrow. Uh, the wrap-up four-game homestand, first road trip to follow with a game in Edmonton on Wednesday, a game Thursday in Vancouver, then uh, the following Saturday back in Alberta in Calgary. So some interesting matchups on the horizon, but Florida up next. Uh, thanks for doing this, Bill. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great Friday, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of Flyers Daily.